Yo, 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 Thought Warriors, can you believe we are coming up on two years of higher learning? Two years of random van-inspired questions. Two years of big rage popping off. And most of all, two years of you, our amazing Thought Warriors that keep challenging and inspiring us every single day. That's why we're officially granting the higher learning hang, okay, exclusively for our LA-based fans. If you haven't moved out to LA yet, don't. Keep the 405 clear. Follow our Higher Learning Instagram page at Higher Learning and check out the IG story with full details on how you can link up with us. Y'all know y'all can listen to Higher Learning free only on Spotify, but now you can subscribe to our new Higher Learning YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash Higher Learning to watch behind the scenes content and more celebrating this special two year anniversary. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. What's up, Dave? What's the worst sports-related injury you've ever had or workout-related injury you've ever had? Ah, man. Uh, I had some pretty bad knee tendonitis, and I tore a ligament in my knee uh, my sophomore year at college, and I was out for about eight weeks. It was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. <laughs> what about you, Dave? You didn't try to play through it just to get a pop from the crowd? You know, I was playing Division Two college basketball, so I mean, the pop of the crowd could have been just a little, a little minor. But uh, yeah, I also wasn't getting paid like millions of dollars to do it. So no, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I was playing Division Eight uh, college ultimate frisbee, and uh, uh, really just it, it blew out my elbow. No, no real sports related injuries outside of you know shin splints and stuff. But that probably goes to the lack of sports. Shin splints are legit. Don't, yeah, don't downplay insolence. Those are very legit injuries. I did one time twist my ankle like comically 90 degrees Dirk Nowitzki style on the way to do a wrestling podcast at the Ringer office in L.A. I don't know if that counts as a sports That's kind related of a sports injury, injury or not. Yeah. Well, how did you twist it? Literally, I was we were in this, you know, our old place was an old Hollywood studio and I was just okay. walking around the little balcony area and there was like two steps and I looked, I saw our then CEO looked up, made eye contact and did a little like long distance hello from like 200 feet away <laughs> and then just missed a step, rolled wow. my ankle so comically that he, I could, he winced, right? Like his face from 200 feet away just looked like I had been killed. And then I just like had to walk it off because I didn't want anyone to know, I didn't want it to look bad just to him. So I was like, yeah, yeah I'm okay. Walked down the stairs, walked across the courtyard, straight into the podcast production room. Where old producer Jim and sorted others were sitting there, and I collapsed into a chair and started crying. And that was <laughs> <laughs> while your ankle looked like a uh, turned into to an orange or something. Did it swell up? Was it bad? That was sort of a Cody Rhodes esque performance, just <laughs> making it to the to the room and into the chair without without selling. I gu I guarantee you, you would have blasted through that podcast if you had Kingdom playing and fireworks going on behind you. You wouldn't even have <laughs> felt it until the next day. It would not have been a big deal. Let's uh, let's talk about Cody Rhodes. 
What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WB superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to And you're listening you're to You're listening to You're listening to And you're listening to You are listening to, you are listening to The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to The Masked Man Show with Kaz. I'm live in LA, buddy. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing good, man, here in uh, good old New Jersey. Uh, hope everything's going well with you on the West Coast. And I know it's a little earlier in the week and earlier in the day, but damn it, there's wrestling news to get to. It is. I'm in Los Angeles. I'm on a plane flight all day tomorrow. One of the real luxuries, I say that sarcastically, of flying to the West Coast is your return flight is always just like like 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. or something, mm. you know, it's mm. just, it, there's, unless you can get the red eye, there's no real good way to do it. And then, and that you have to be able to sleep on a plane. Um, but anyway, it's a pleasure to be out here. I'm in a really expansive office and guess what? What's it's up? a Spotify office. All of the, all of the conference rooms, there's no like offices, right? Nobody has an assigned mm. seat. So there's a million mm. conference rooms, like little conference rooms. They all are named not by number or letter or whatever, but by the, in, in the ringer office, they're na- everyone is named after a podcast. Oh, really? So do we have a masked man? I am sitting in the masked man show conference room right now. I got to I got to work that into my next contract. I'm sorry. We need a it needs to be the masked man show with Kaz conference room. <laughs> it, if we actually could, we should if, if it fits on the sign, we should do it. It's it was it was uh people people started sending me pictures of the of the nameplate outside and I thought that I was late for a po- I thought that they had me scheduled for a podcast in LA and I was so confused. I didn't know why there was a room with my name on it. But anyway, it's great to be here and it's great to more importantly be doing the show. Uh, we have uh, we were going to do it Friday and then it was like, no, we have plenty to talk about today. Plenty. What a week. Where should which which major wrestler injury should we begin with? I think that we just talked about all of them at once. CM Punk, CM Punk pseudo relinquished the title. He's taking some time back because he appeared to he hurt his foot. Do we have an official diagnosis? I have no idea what he hurt. I, I am. I'm just going to pretend that the, uh, the the like the you know 45 second Reddit video I saw that made it look like he broke his foot jump crowd diving is is correct. But he hurt his foot. <laughs> Wait. So this this happened at Dynamite and not not uh, double. If you watch the video, he comes out with a title after he won the title a double or nothing, mm-hmm. and then he comes out on at Dynamite. Does it like he's looking fine? Jumps into the crowd, does the whole thing, and then when he starts walking back down the aisle, he and the and with FTR behind him, he looks down and he's like, "What's what is that that I feel?" And then he starts limping. So he did a shitty elbow drop, and then he went back up and like apologized for the shitty elbow drop and did it again. So I was like, "Hmm." Yeah. So he hurt his foot. He then came on Rampage and didn't relinquish the title, but Chris Jericho said he did. He just announced that he was taking some time off, and they're. And then AEW announced plans to have a sort of complicated tournament situation to crown a new interim champion that mm-hmm. looks like the red carpet's being rolled out for John Moxley, but who knows? And as soon as they said Moxley, everybody starts fantasy booking Daniel Bry- or Brian Danielson into like the match, so there'll be a little like good natured dissension within the Combat Club. I think that's kind of crazy since they just fought each other like 15 minutes ago, but whatever. But at the <laughs> same time, Brian, Brian Danielson's like didn't show up, didn't make something because he couldn't. He wasn't medically cleared to go. And at first people were saying COVID. And now there's like, you know, obviously going to be rumors that it's concussion related and whatever. That's super dark and scary. And then what else? Who who else came before Cody Rhodes? Randy Orton. Yeah, Scorpio Sky is hurt. And then Randy Orton's thing is looking increasingly like a question mark by the day. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, and then Saturday... We get word, <laughs> we get quiet word that, to- that Cody tore his pec, but it's still going to work on Sunday. I don't, and I was just like, well, that's crazy. But also, well, I'll wait. I'll kind of believe it when I see it. Right. And then WWE put out the word on Sunday and you're just like, oh, no. Like, what are they doing here? And then Cody comes out on Sunday night with the most beautifully bruised pec you've ever seen in your life. Mm. Um, and he worked a match. He won the match. It was 
one of the most incredible matches I've seen in recent memory. And then I was shocked that he won because I was like, don't Same. you need to really get Seth over in this situation if since your roster is now down to like seven people. And uh and then so but they put but then the next night on Raw he comes out, does the handshake of respect with Seth, and then Seth kills him with a sledgehammer, which was just beautiful. So mission accomplished in every direction there. Which one do you want to talk about first? CM Punk or Cody Rhodes? Well, I guess we should go in chronological order, right? That we talk punk first and the ramifications of that. I think the ramifications of Cody's injury is still kind of in the air, but the ramifications of Punk's injury is, is very uh, clear and present. So let's talk about that. Uh, Punk is out, and there will be a, if I'm not mistaken, a battle royal tonight on Dynamite, uh, which will determine the number one contender, well, who will go into a contender's match with John Moxley to face whoever comes out of the winner of uh, Tanahashi and uh, I think Goto, I think somebody else. Yes, that's right. It's yeah, Goto. And, uh, uh, and the winner of that will be crowned the interim AEW world champion, I'm assuming, until Punk arrives. I think it's quite hilarious. I mean, I know a few weeks ago we had a whole episode just kind of fantasy booking interim champions. And then... You know, by by world of the magic wand, we have it. We have an interim champ. Uh, well, we will have an interim champ. Um, the punk injury sucks because I feel like there was a lot of uh, incredibly fun ways that they got to take this title reign, and I'm sure they could still do it. But you know, now it's kind of a little bit of a bump in the road or a little bit of a detour in the road of where we're going to get there. Um, so I think AEW, which not even just AEW. It's pro wrestling in general. Like sometimes when like champions get hurt, it sucks. But you also get like this sort of like non-canon, like multiversal like storyline uh in 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 the show that kind of makes for exciting TV, right? Like now you're gonna have an uncrowned champion or a a a double champion, or you know, you have to eventually have an undisputed champion crowned. And now, you know, you got an opportunity to make people. You got an opportunity to get people on top who people deserve to be. My only qualm is, and I think a lot of people's qualms about the uh, tournament, is, you know, the AEW rankings. And I I understand Forbidden Door should have a, you know, world title match there. I just don't understand uh, having a new Japan pro wrestler be a part of that interim championship match. Well, you know? there was some talk, I think from Meltzer that this was a, the, 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 well, for, I guess Tony probably wanted to do it at forbidden door. And somehow this was a decision that, that new Japan had some measure of control over or influence over. I, I don't know. It is very strange. Right. Um, but it isn't like totally out of the like this sounds like vaguely like something that they would have done back in the late in the late NWA pre WCW days when they had the international championship to pull away from the uh, I don't know. It's mm. it, it kind of makes you think it kind of makes you I don't know. Maybe it's my conspiracy hat going or whatever. But if Meltzer is saying I'm not saying, you know, Meltzer's the, you know, the 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 Bible when it comes to wrestling news, but um when it comes to New Japan having some sort of control over that and some sort of, you know, juncture when it comes to Forbidden Door and all this type of stuff. Like, doesn't it? And you can tell me if I'm wrong. Doesn't it kind of lend it to believe that Tanahashi was somehow walking out with that AEW world title? <laughs> like, come hook or no, I think I think it's way simpler than that. I think that the Tan- Tanahashi was the was the the highest guy that they would you know agreed in the negotiations. Punk could beat clean. It was just going to be a real simple formula, and now it's just a, it's a different way. It's a different simple formula to put the belt on John Moxley or whoever gets that spot. I just I, I think I think that. But would you do it? Like with 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 your say you got a booking hat on right now? Like at this, I point, just literally took my hat off as you were not, saying that. So you got to put it but, back on now. You got to okay. put the you got to get that booking hat back on. Uh, would you would you run that risk of putting the title on Tanahashi until? Punk is no, healthy no. to crown. No, even, if, even if Tanahashi signed a full-time contract with AEW, no. <laughs> I, do, I, I think as much as the Forbidden Door thing is going to be is a really good look for AEW and it's going to get fans, a certain set of fans, but the, the important set of fans really excited and and it's, it has the potential to be a sick show. 
And as much as the Forbidden Door means to AEW in a, as a broader concept, I still think at the end of the day, you can't put your t- you can't you don't want to acknowledge that somebody else's wrestler might be better than your best wrestler, right? right. You can do right. schmozzy finishes, you can do whatever, but if another if a dude from another company is holding your belt, then that's a, just a problem. That's a, that's a, that's a that's a perception issue. And I think until that, that to Kenny Omega a couple of years ago when he was the Impact World Champion and he is he was holding everyone else's belt there. I'm not sure that everybody would replay would redo it the same way, right? I, I think agree. That, I think that you know people all thought that there would be a little bit more payoff to that, but but even if they did, there's obviously a, there's obviously an exception that proves a rule, and that's when the the external wrestler in question is so much bigger than whoever you have that it's worth it, right? Right. I mean, you know, like the whole belt if, collector thing. I guess that was kind of part of it, and you know, maybe yeah. eventually. I can see where someone could be convinced, like, oh, this is going to be a great look for Impact, a great look for AAA. If, like, you know, if, like, prime Ultimate Warrior decided to go down to Memphis and wrestle Jerry the King Lawler one weekend, Jerry would have put him over, you know, and then taken, then gotten the belt back, gotten his his heat back, whatever. But, like, you're at a certain level of fame, you can, then what I said doesn't matter. But, no, I don't think they're going to do it. I think, I don't know if it's going to be Moxley because it just seems too obvious. Like, on the one hand. Seems too obvious, right? On the everything now is in is in is in workshoot territory or not it's it's in whatever MJF territory is now. It's like on the one hand, there is there's no gimmickry in the fact that they're setting this up for John Moxley to be in this match and to be you know and to get a high profile or you know get a big rub off of it. But on the other hand, Tony Khan's always smart enough to be a step ahead of your perception. So I don't know mm. why he's toying with us and such. Why not make it be a battle royal to determine both people or a you know a bracket to determine half of it or something? You know, it, it's weird that they're giving Moxley the free pass. Well, he was he was the number one ranked wrestler. Sure. Uh, as of Monday. No, so well, even though those rankings don't, you know. It's whatever. No, they but feel even like. if you say the rankings mean something, then why doesn't the number two ranked guy get a leg up in, uh, instead of having to be in a battle royal? You know, I mean, there's there's a lot of logical you can make a lot of logical arguments in different directions, but regardless, regardless, it really sucks for CM Punk, for wrestling fans who are excited about CM Punk. I think that we talked about this at the after show on Sunday night in Spotify Live. AEW is in a much better position with, 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 with CM Punk's injury than WWE is with Cody Rhodes in some ways because, well, Cody Rhodes isn't the champion. I mean, it's it certainly... So it's right. a different scale, but even but if you were talking about CM Punk injury versus a Roman Reigns injury, man, AEW is in a much better position because WWE has to now figure out who their top guys are. Right? They got to reshuffle the deck a little bit. They got to change their plans. AEW's got the faith of its fans and has a sort of different set of fans. And I said on Sunday night, Tony could have just come out and said, "You know what? It's it's Nick Jackson versus Penta for the ti- for the interim title. Like, uh, you know, it's going to be awesome." And and all of the fans would have been just like, "Hell yeah!" And the, and the rationale could have been, "Did you see that tag match on Rampage? Like that? Right. Could, that's all you needed, right?" Right. And there and right. there's a deg- and there's a degree to which everybody just buys in. Um, WWE's not in the same boat, but for CM Punk, it sucks. Uh, it's funny because like I was, you know, everybody's over the moon for CM Punk winning. Well, I mean, obviously there's people have there's a lot of people that think they know how to book better and have different ideas or whatever. But it's cool. It's really cool that CM Punk won, and we're excited to see where this goes. And then CM Punk breaks his foot, and it, all of a sudden the chorus of like, "Yeah, we don't like him anyway," sort of took over, <laughs> and like it, it gave, gives different people opportunities to be noisy. But I love CM Punk. I'm so glad that he's back. Same. Watching him, watching him walk out with FTR on that show just made you just so like makes your mouth like a big deal yeah like yeah like like what they could do and and i and i'm i want to see it sucks that we're not going to get to see it right away it sucks but it also gives opportunity for a lot of people right like i feel like they're gonna make the most of the opportunities yes uh, you know i think initially before i heard about the brian danielson news that would have been like my number one pick with a bullet danielson moxley Winner goes on to, you know, and, and you know, Brian's been salivating for some New Japan talent, some New Japan matches to kind of work that style. But if he's not clear, then he's not clear. Um, I don't know, man. Like, there's a lot of different ways you can go with it. Um, man, you kind of wish or kind of hope that Kenny Omega was a little healthier. You know what I mean? And, and maybe he could have kind of stepped in and been that interim t- champion. And you would have got that Tanahashi Omega match. Um, I think there's opportunities for new guys as well. Like, and I think that's if 
I think that's the way they're going to go. I think somebody young, one of those four pillars is going to win that battle royal tonight. And they're going to put on a incredible match against Moxley, but like ultimately lose. Well, do you have one in mind? Yeah. I think Jungle Boy is going to win. <laughs> I think Jungle Boy is going to win for summer. I don't know. I can't, I can't, I can't escape. Well, maybe not him. Well, he won, he won a battle royal already. He already won that like brass ring thing or whatever. But uh, I, I think Sammy's too heel to kind of do it. I mean, MJF is kind of like slotted perfectly to kind of fuck this up and really put a, a, a monkey wrench into things. But, you know, they took his took his name out of the, uh, the AEW shop. They're really playing up the fact that he's either suspended or fired or whatever the hell he is. Um, man, I mean, Wheeler Yuta could be a, a, a fun possibility as well. Um, I mean, Adam Cole, there's so many guys there that, you know, uh, w- would make a great match against Moxley that night. And, you know, you're kind of setting it up, the fact that the match is, like, after the Battle Royal also. So it's not like, you know, he gets, like, a week. We get a week to really decide on, you know, who's going to, you know, uh, go to Forbidden Door. Here, it's like, when wrestlers, when wrestling companies do that, it's basically saying... You have an hour and a half to tell everybody to watch this crazy match that's going to go down tonight, yeah. right? So whoever wins is definitely going to be like a super fan favorite, like somebody who people have been wanting to see in that world title picture for a long time. I mean, I think Miro's a good choice as well. I'd love to see Miro versus uh, Mox. Um, and I wouldn't be shocked if, if Miro won that too, you know? Uh, he's been gone for a while, and I think, you know, I think the TNT title's kind of beneath him now. Um, I don't know, man. It's it, but it's exciting though. Like I'm not injuries suck. Obviously, the worst part of this uh, industry is people getting hurt. However, it's given us so many memorable moments in the past several years, and we could use WWE for example, whether it's Finn getting hurt and Kevin Owens becoming Universal yeah. Champion. No, it's, or, it's totally true. You know, totally, yeah, totally like, true. I think my my biggest hang up with this is, well, not hang up, but it's not a bad thing. I'm I agree. It's going to be exciting to see where they go. My, the, I guess my only thing is that, like, I have faith that they were about to tell a really cool story, you know, yes. and we're not going to get to see that straight away. And I hope they, you know, they have an even better when they figure out because, yeah, wrestling is great when it's off, when it's like seat of the pants because that's the, the closest, it's the closest thing to real, you know, it's booked. I mean, it's still staged or whatever, but but you, you're dealing with crowd reactions, with ideas, with wrestlers in real time. It makes it really intense and exciting. I hope that, I hope. Yeah, I mean, I hope that if it's Miro, they really get behind him and make him look 100%. Because if it's not, if if it feels like a stopgap, if it feels like an easy win for Moxley or whatever, I would just assume it be getting somebody else over, right? Be Have it be, a, I don't think Wheeler Yuta is the guy, but have it be like a Jungle Boy type or like whatever, you know? And, and, and you know, I think that that could be really exciting. Well, they got some built-in stories as well, though. They got some built-in stuff with the Jericho Appreciation Society where I can see Moxley getting his getting this title shot uh cost. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I mean I don't I'm not I don't think it's that much of a slam dunk easy layup that Moxley just wins and goes on to, you know, uh get a title shot there. You know, I think there's a possibility that they go a different way. And I think they have an opportunity to go a different way. I think like you know, Connor, he's a, he's a fucking mark, like MJF says. Uh I think he knows that we think that Moxley is like just the easy choice right there so i think now he has an opportunity to really get creative really do something that gets people talking i just don't know why if that's the expectation why don't you make moxley just do one match to earn that have it number one versus number two for that spot or something like what it's so it's so plays with my expectations yeah and maybe that's exactly what he's doing maybe yeah. maybe they're just just like 10 steps ahead of me but why would why would you it seems like it's just too obviously a red carpet rollout for Moxley that it couldn't be anything else. But, but oh, I hope I'm wrong. I'll be so impressed. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Let's talk about Cody Rhodes. Um, It is so nuts that Cody Rhodes and CM Punk, who parallel each other in so many ways, not just from Cody Rhodes' final big promo in AEW when he was just like going at CM Punk. Yes. Um, It's crazy that they got, they're both in positions of just incredible significance and both get hurt at like the same time. Cody goes down with a torn pec uh, while training lifting weights, I guess, in preparation for this match. It's a it's excruciating, but I guess they uh, we have a piece coming up on The Ringer today from Oliver Lee Bateman about how uh, torn pecs work. He's suffered a torn pec in his life. He's a beautiful writer, but he's uh, but it's it's something that you can work through, right? right? It's one it's one of those you're not going to make it any worse by doing it sort of moves. Right. It's not like this is not I like Friday Night Lights, like shoot up your knee and get back out there territory. Yeah, I think but, the biggest example or the most recent example I think was uh, Triple H at Crown Jewel, and but that, J- but that J. J. for the Watt. record. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So the Triple H thing though happened in a match where you can just see like it doesn't have to make sense at, at that right. you know at, at that moment in time. Cody like had it. Everybody knew he had it, and everybody just sort of agreed, okay, let's go out there and have a match. Which is that part of it's pretty stunning, you know. Um, WWE's you know obviously a little bit less straightforward than that about the process, but but still, uh, and and he came out and I and at the when he took his coat off, everybody gasped. You could hear your neighbors gasping, you know, out mm-hmm. loud when you're watching TV. And but then he comes out and has a pretty like like it's pretty evident that he's hurt for the first few minutes of the match, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh no, this is going to be a shit show. And, and right. also, but also they had a way out, right? I said this again on Sunday. If it had just been a little bit of back and forth, and then basically just a Seth beatdown, just ten minutes of Seth hitting him with a sledgehammer and a chair, like that would have been fine. Everybody right. would have been okay with that. Get a little color in there, or whatever. You know, it, it would have been okay. But they just went out and somehow had a match of the year. I mean, it was yeah. just bonkers, man. And, and it's great kudos to Cody Rhodes, probably even bigger kudos to Seth Rollins. Um, it was really, really impressive stuff. Yeah, that's definitely my match of the year uh, so far for WWE. Because I always, you know, yeah, I love moves. Yeah, I love storytelling, blah, blah, blah. Great, great, great star rating. But you got to feel something. You got to feel something when you're watching that match. And anybody who watched that match felt something in the crowd, on commentary, on TV. As soon as the dramatic reveal of him taking off that jacket and something that I've never seen in all of my years of watching wrestling where there's just stunned silence for like the first like nine minutes of that match where they're just like, oh, clearly this is just going to be a squash. And like, there's no, he shouldn't even be out there. What are we doing? And like, as the match keeps going on and Cody's getting like one armed offense in and he's just like, okay, there's a lot more offense than I expected. And then it's like, oh, okay. All right. Now something's going to take over. Then he gets a comeback and, you know, then he hits the crossroads with the bad arm and he's just like, oh, shit, this is an actual match. And then, like, you can hear the crowd starting to get back into it and being like, oh, my God, like, this is, like, some yeah. Herculean shit that we're we're witnessing right now. This isn't just going to be like, a, oh, we're just going to, you know, uh, do the whole, you know, heave-ho to Cody and thanks for giving the valiant effort. Nah, they had a full-blown match. 
And there were like four or five spots in there where I'm like, I'm convinced like Cody Rhodes is a maniac. He's an absolute maniac. Like, and this is the first time we've proven he's a maniac. Anybody who hasn't seen Cody, if this is, you know, we, we know we got a lot of WWE fans that watch this show and listen to this show. So if you haven't watched a lot of AEW in the past or a lot of Dynamite, Cody is prone to do some wild shit for the fans and for the match, whether it's flipping off the top of the cage, going through flaming tables. Like he's Mick Foley, like he's got that Mick Foley in him just a little bit, right? Like, oh, for sure. So, so, you know, the fact that he didn't just go out and have a match, but have a great match and win stamps him as easily, easily the top baby face in the company without even being there. He's going to get, there's going to be Cody chance for the next three months without him even being there until that dude returns. He has done more. I mean, my God, like I, I, I it's, I can't tell you the last time I've seen a career rehabilitation like this in professional wrestling. Like, just completely, like, going from an absolute afterthought to, like, you're basically John Cena now. (laughs) You're basically Hulk Hogan now. Like, when you come back, like, you're you're, you're that guy. And now he's the odds-on favorite to win the Royal Rumble, which takes place in San Antonio, Texas, which has a lot of Rhodes family history as well. Like... And there's a lot of people who were very excited and, and penciled in for that rock and Roman match in Hollywood. And now like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> like, now people are like, wait a minute. Like, I kind of yep. believe, like, you know, I would not be mad in, if, if it's Bloodline versus uh, the Rhodes family. If it's that that history and the royal family and the head of the table. And there's so much built-in story with Cody and Roman there. And that was even before, before the rise of Roman and Cody's return and all. There was a bunch of parallels there. Everything that you could have said about Seth Rollins in this first match, in this first sort of like storyline, you could easily say about Roman as well. He was right there in, in, in FCW and OVW training with Dusty and all these guys just as well. You know, he knows yeah. Cody and his family knows the wild Samoans and, 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 and Roman's dads and uncles and all that just as much as they do too. So like, let's, you know, not so fast on Roman Dwayne. For WrestleMania LA, like, if this kind of goes the way people think it's going to go, it wouldn't shock me if Cody and Roman are, uh, are, are are battling at WrestleMania. And Cody's the guy to take it off. It's crazy. Off. I mean, listen, I was a little bit, I was a little bit pumped the brakes on Cody, not because I don't love him and think that he's deserving, but because it was just like, it seemed like the reaction that, well, it seemed like the the level of, of significance WWE was putting on Cody was outsized even compared to my highest expectations, right? It was just, and I was just like, I hope this doesn't be, this doesn't get to like lol Cody wins territory or like, or if it just doesn't, the crowd doesn't reflect what the, what they're being fed in, to any degree. But that said, it was working and working and working and you start totally buying in. And then when he gets hurt and then when he goes over and the way they send him out, man, on my, after Seth beat him up on Monday night, I, in that moment, if it wasn't already clear, when Cody Rhodes comes back, it's going to be like... I mean, what's I mean, John Cena at MSG? Like, what are the, what's the oh, biggest yeah. comeback? I mean, it's going to be the biggest moment. He's getting... Like, He's getting the the video vignette treatment when he comes back, right? Like they're gonna show videos of him in the in the in rehab, getting the surgery. Well, or do they just talk- surprise you? Okay, here's what I heard. By the way, we're talking. Let's talk about recovery timelines. Mm-hmm. The, the unofficial word from inside that I heard was that Cody thinks it's gonna be three to four months, and everybody Same. or and I and I won't, I'm not gonna pretend to know how many other people chimed in, but most of the other people are like, "Kid's delusional. It's gonna be six to eight. Yeah. So. Regardless, we're talking about three months, something in the three to eight month range, a really significant amount of time. A lot of people are already pointing to the Royal Rumble as a best case scenario, sort of, or, or at least an ideal sort of point, comeback time. Right. Um, uh, John Cena apparently is on his way back too. Maybe he could give Cody Cody some rehab tips because I'm pretty Cena. If 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 Cena if this were Cena, he'd be back by SmackDown. But um, <laughs> but we'll. But Cody, anyway, Cody's gonna get at, get at it and hopefully get back really soon. I mean, even if if it's the Royal Rumble, though, it's a long way away. It's a sad thing to think about. Yeah, that's gonna be if he comes in unannounced at the Rumble, and who knows if they have the testicular fortitude to 
to make it a surprise. They, I think they'd probably be inclined to go the rehab video route, like you were saying. But if they did, man, imagine that. Just like Cody Rhodes' music plays unannounced at the Royal Rumble, the house would come down. All right. I love He's so big. He's, I mean, it's everything. It's like if the whole point, if the entire Cody Rhodes project in WWE, if they booked it, if they booked the peck tear and didn't said, like, we'll give you an eight-month vacation as part of the built-in storyline, it would have been genius. Because he's going to be so big when he comes back. It's going to be like, it's he's going to be bigger than, like, the ghost of Dusty Rhodes coming to the <laughs> ring. Like, it's going to be nuts. Yeah, I agree, man. He's, uh, he's, he's kind of a maniac. And I think even, like, the biggest, like, wrestling skeptics... Even the biggest, like, ah, Cody wasn't that good anyway, guys, had to kind of take their hat off this week and be like, yo, say what you want. Say, you know, even the biggest, like, oh, that's just extra makeup, or oh, that's just this, or oh, you know, you could wrestle with it. It's not going to be that much worse. Like, the fact of the matter is, very few people give as much of a fuck as Cody Rhodes does, <laughs> right? Like, he is, he is in a rare class of people who truly get this, and will truly do anything. Like he, like I, I legitimately think like he's one of those dudes that like is in the Ric Flair class of I will die for my art. I will die. I will happily die in his wrestling ring. Like I will do anything. You know, this is more than just you know what I love to do. This is like my legacy. It's my family. It's blah blah blah. It's this is that and the third. And I think anybody could relate to that. I think anybody could respect that. That being said. I heard the same thing about three months. Um, I heard he could even do some, from what I read, I read an article, I think on Sportskedia, about uh, doctors saying, you know, you could probably, in three months you could be like, you could do some light wrestling maybe, depending on your rehab. But like a full recovery is typically six to eight months. And um, who's to say? Who's to say how long they hold him out? Who's to say where the WWE is as far as... um, you know, folks who enter the company, who leave the company, who return from the company, who's the top guy, who's not the top guy, by the time those three to six months are done. But in the same vein as AEW has an opportunity to make some people uh, because Cody's out, I think WWE has the same sort of opportunity, right? And I think this week, you know, the Judgment Day thing kind of felt like a quick audible because they needed another top baby face. So you kind of like slide edge back in there as, as another guy who could kind of like hold the fort down. Until well, should we, make, should we make the transition? Let's do this full segue style. I think that, that that's a really interesting question because yeah. I, on the one hand, it makes a lot of sense. Edge is apparently officially on the baby face side of the roster right now. What a um, swerve, by the way. That was great. That was great. <laughs> it was so, so I wasn't watching live on Monday night. I was with produ- our producer Ben Cruz, and I'm out here in LA. And and so we had like a group dinner with all the ringer management, and there was a big crew nice. having a good time. And um, and I was hanging out with some folks, and I came down and 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 towards the end of dinner, was sitting next to Ben, and he was like, and he told me the story of the edge of the Judgment Day angle but like in pieces and i 100 thought he was making it up to try to get a reaction out of me he was like finn joined judgment day and i was like really like first of all i was like in on the west coast i was like no raw's not on yet and yeah of course like raw's <laughs> raw's over by the time we're having this conversation or whatever but he was like he joined judgment day and i was like really like that's okay that's cool is what i was hoping for although the thing in my head is I was hoping this would happen, but on Sunday, he was really laying it into Edge. And I was like, they're kind of messing up the ang- the bit if, if he eventually joins the team. You know, I I don't care really at the end of the day. I'm not going to be complaining about this in six months. But it does get you in real time, right? It's like it's like when, when Mongo McMichael joined the Four Horsemen right after he had just beat the shit out of Ric Flair and... and, and, and uh, Arn Anderson for 15 minutes. You know, it's like, right. it's just, wh- wh- where was the where was the plan? What was the plan here? Could you not figure out a version of the plan that didn't involve you punching your new friend in the face? Like, it just seems like know. you could. But anyway, he they were laying it into each other on Sunday. So he says, Finn, Finn joined the Judgment Day. I was like, all right, cool. That's surprising. But, you know, in that moment, and he's like, and then they kicked Edge out. And I was like, okay, you're 100% making this up. This is so dumb. I mean, not dumb, but like the way that he would was, was presenting to me if it was fake was dumb. And, but it was like, no, it's real. And he started playing videos. And I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. I could not be 
if it was a if it was a last minute call, if it was like we got to do something, we got to shake things up. I understand it. But if for everybody who's saying that like this doesn't make sense storyline wise, like or whatever, it's like why not? It's pro wrestling. Did it happen too quickly? Like well, I would rather I would rather things happen more quickly in wrestling sometimes. You know, I don't need to see Judgment Day just like tread water for 6 months before just so they can break up more more dynamically. Like it, it it's fine. Man, people beat each other up all the time. Like we literally just like stand over the bro- Blackpool Combat Club and they beat the shit out of each other for about like a month straight, mm-hmm. you know? So like it happens. There's precedent for it. Obviously, I'm I'm sure it doesn't make all the sense in the world, but like wrestling fans, we like to pick and choose when we like to in- employ logic on, on certain things, right? Like, but uh, I don't know, man. Like I think um, from what I heard or what I was told, uh, Finn was always slated to join and the story that's got out today and I'm not really sure how accurate it is. I haven't like filed up with anybody. But the story that was was that's going around today was Finn was always scheduled to join the group. Yeah. But they wanted to turn Judgment Day into more of a supernatural group, like some Ministry of Darkness type stuff. And Edge is like, nah, I'm good. And then <laughs> and I think that's and apparently that turn and that switch to get him out of the group like came that day. Um that being said, I'm pretty sure the fact that they know they're not going to have Cody for a while uh, might have had to had something to do with that decision. And on top of that, like, I'm just glad that Finn Balor is getting the shot in the arm that like he desperately needed. Totally agree. He That's was on the- my short list. If you, I mean, you can go back to your text messages, Kaz. When I was like, if Cody's out, who do you push? And it's like, is it Braun Breaker? Like, if you had to like pull somebody out of the, you know, a, a surprise candidate at the bullpen. Yeah, and my three names were Finn, Braun Breaker, and Montez Ford. Like that's yeah. it. Yeah. And I, I thought, I mean, and Finn, it's crazy. I mean, obviously, the injury history is. Nothing to sneeze at, right? We have to take that seriously as fans and everything else. Uh, Even when we're lamenting the fates of our favorite wrestlers. However, it is still nuts that they haven't ever gotten behind him, even, you know, absent the injury stuff, in the way that they were when they gave him the Universal title. I mean, it's just they never... And and I've said before on this show, it's clear that the machine is behind him, right? There's action figures, there's all this stuff, the demon stuff. Like, there's a lot of swings and misses, but there's not the but there has never been the sort of like booking commitment to him that just seems so easy and obvious and necessary for the company, you know? This might this might be an opportunity. Now there's also these there's also these weird rumors going around today that they that WWE wanted it to be more supernatural and that they took Edge out and put Finn in to sort of make it supernatural. I'm not sure if I'd fully buy that some of the ways that people are comprehending that news. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's regardless, it's going to give them an opportunity. It's going to give Finn an opportunity. And I couldn't, I couldn't be more excited. I think, I think it puts the entire judgment day into the main event picture, right? Like they, they had many segments on raw. They main evented raw. They went off the air with them. Those three standing tall over Bianca Belair. You already got Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley slated for that raw women's title match at money in the bank. So that's one main event. Now, what are your betting odds if, you know, you're on DraftKings or whatever the hell it is? What are your betting odds that now Finn is the one that walks out with this, walks out with that briefcase? Like, now that's, now I think that might be a possibility. How great would that be? Maybe. I think he's one of those guys that I think would benefit the most from it. I think he's one of those guys that would benefit the most from holding it for a long time, too. Right? Like, I think it's been a while. For sure. Since we've had someone just kind of, you know, hold that briefcase and be kind of more tactical with it and the will he, won't he. I think that's, I think the WWE's kind of gotten away from that for a long time. Like the the cash-ins have happened pretty quickly. I think Big E was just like about a month and change. The Miz was pretty quick. Um, you know, a couple of people have been pretty quick, but I, I would not be mad at Finn, uh, you know, kind of holding that title and holding that thing hostage for a while until, you know, they make now, that move. If I was booking, I'm that would be, that's a good idea. I might still go the route of putting the, putting giving the briefcase to Montez 
and then, but then immediately going into like a Montez Finn feud to sort of see like who's the future of the company or something, you know? I mean, really acknowledge it. But but yeah, I mean, I think you can make Finn a made man, and maybe you just can't res- you can't resist you can't resist sort of you know dipping him in gold. You know, I mean, yeah. he's, he's, I mean, if he's, there's if there's any way to like get back, you know, to restock Finn's stock, I guess like. Making him Mr. Money in the Bank and then a, and then eventually a champion is one hell of a way to go about it, you know, especially now he has, like, some muscle behind him. He's got a group. He's definitely a leader, you know. I think the Finn Balor edge match is eventually going to go pretty stupid, you know, if we got some brood edge versus Demon Finn happening, you know. Like, I think now... I don't know. I think with Cody's injury and the reshuffling of the deck, I think the person who does stand to, to gain the most from it, even though Edge is like now like a de facto babyface, I think Finn stands to gain the most from this. I think there's a lot more stories to tell now. You can have like a real thought out, fleshed out Finn Balor, AJ Styles rivalry. Mm-hmm. You can have a Finn Balor Edge rivalry. He's mine now, odds on favorite to win money in the bank. You know, like. There's a lot of ways you can go about it. You don't you don't necessarily have to switch babyface with babyface. You could just like elevate a guy and make them and just give them the importance, give them the TV time, give them seg eight and you know the ten yeah. o'clock seg and the nine o'clock seg when you know people are really watching. You know what I'm saying? Like it's all about positioning. It's not just about like oh we need to make a babyface as big as Cody Rhodes. You're not gonna get that. Cody's got a unique story, a unique following. Like, you're not just going to plug somebody in and play and have them play the role of Cody Rhodes for six months. The best thing you can do is just elevate somebody and give them that TV time and give them that sort of energy and that time commitment and that real estate on TV that you would have gave Cody Rhodes. And then eventually it all kind of balances itself out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what they do. I think that's Me too. it. I mean, it, and and it's crazy that it takes an injury for us to be like, I'm excited to see what they do sometimes. But this is like, it's, it's just like with CM Punk, man. Pro wrestling is most excited when they're booking by the seat of the pants, especially in WWE. You know, they have this is you know we said it on the after show. We've said it a million times. You know, on this show, summer's the time when things can get a little weird, right? The summer of trying shit is just about to kick off. Yes, sir. <laughs> so I think maybe we're being too conservative in our fantasy booking. You know, I mean, what? Like, I don't think when the moment it happened, I really didn't think Braun Breaker's out of the question. I'm like, why not? They're, I still sir, don't they're think clearly he's out behind the, the guy. Yeah. Well, he's got a, he's got a feud with with Apollo Cruz now. That was pretty cool, man. Paula yeah. Cruz, no, no accent, no, no, no Nigerian Agbada, no, none of that. Came out straight jeans and a jacket. Yeah, already <laughs> he's he's back to back to Uha, back to my man Uha, and uh, uh, I'm excited for him, man. I always thought him leaving NXT was very premature. I really thought he would he should have had a, a nice healthy run in there. Um, I know. I justified worse. it at the time. I saw. I justified it myself at the time that he was more. Of a main roster guy than a than a black and gold NXT guy, you know right. he he just made it made a lot of sense, but he clearly never got the running start that he needed to get over on the main roster. Right, I think I think he was to me on the outside looking in, he was just kind of he's just a clean wrestler, man. Like he just wrestles so clean, so you could imagine why, you know, they're like, oh yeah, he'll fit right in the main roster, and he did. He's a good hand, you know what I mean? Like he did, he didn't get nobody hurt, and you know he always had a great, really good matches and stuff, and. I was even a big fan of uh, the Baron Corbin rivalry he had when he first kind of got in there, you know? And, you know, you, you just never know, man. Like, a lot of people need NXT. And I think the reason why NXT 2.0 has been fun to watch is, you know, now it's kind of a balance. Now those guys that are on the main roster that could use a little refresh, that can use some some time, and, you know, the younger guys over there that can use the main roster experience and kind of not have them be deers in the headlights when they get to the main roster, especially working certain folks. You know, I think it's beneficial for everybody, especially a guy like Apollo. Um, but yeah, man, there's so many opportunities to elevate people now. Uh, but the baby face, I'm not really sure, man. Like, Edge might be there, but who else besides Braun and Finn? I mean, Montez. Montez said, you know, he's he said he doesn't need a, a ladder to get money in the bank. He's kind of alluding to the fact that he wants to be in that match. Oh, yeah. And I'd love to see him in it. Here's what um, I don't want from Montez Ford. Yeah. He's the best 
In some ways, he's going to be fine no matter what happens. But I don't want Montez Ford to become your big spot guy. I don't want him to be, to, to, I don't want him. You don't want to be Kofi. Or Shelton well, Kofi before or whatever. Kofi before the world title match. Yeah, I think that I think you get pigeonholed. I think that I don't think that it's a, I don't think that it's a bad I don't think that it's a negative thing to be that person. Right. But I do think that it makes it really easy to not push you when you can be identified as a certain thing. You the know? ceiling's low, man. We've seen it with Shelton Benjamin. Well, too. there's no the ceiling. The ceiling's incredibly high when you can frog splash like that. But the, <laughs> but yeah, but but the but yeah, you'll he'll frog splash right into it regardless. He can jump that high. You know, I mean, he he's it's it's a it's. It, it 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 makes it easy just to like pick to 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 write in his role at a show without having to think deeply about his value to you you and your company. That it's right. like that's it, you know, because it is a big spot. It's yeah, really I mean, easy in the same in the same way that you probably don't spend too much time trying to like think about the long term booking for Omos and putting him into the you know putting him into the title picture because he's a giant, right? Mm-hmm. You're just he's the giant. He can go out yeah. there and do some giant shit. <laughs> you know, and you don't want Montez to be the guy who can go out there and do some like crazy stunt shit. Right. Um, but so, I, so, I mean, all that's to say in the summer, in the, the, the freaky summer of 2022, if you're going to put him in the, in the, in the ladder match, you gotta, you gotta really consider him being the winner or at least the runner up and, you know, let him, let him build off of it. Yeah. I think they're, I think they're kind of. Starting to want turn the wheels on that Montez for like we've been we've been fantasy booking yeah. Montez going solo for a while, but like you're starting to see the clues. Like he's hosting like the the Chevrolet show with WWE that Samoa Joe used to host. Like obviously him and his wife Bianca are all over everywhere. They oh they do all the media runs together. They get all the con- endorsements together. Like he's already in many ways being treated like a main event guy without being in the main event. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, Amata, even look at even his body composition. Like, he came into the WWE main roster, like, a very lanky, you know, s- sort of guy. And now he's put on some weight. It's kind of like your Chris Jericho theory, right? Like, you get the shape for your big push. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it is with Montez, man. Like, you get that. He's getting into, uh, I'm leaving this tag team shape push. And uh, dude, he just—he looks the part too, man. He does everything. Like he's just—he just got that thing about him where you know, once it happens, that's such an easy guy to root for, you know. And uh, who knows, man? Like, hopefully, he's a money in the bank. Hopefully, he gets an opportunity to really shine, and they don't really pigeonhole him into like that Shelton Benjamin, Kofi Kingston role, where it's just like, oh, what crazy thing is Shelton and Kofi gonna do in this match? It's like, nah, man. This guy is readily built to be one of the faces of your company just trust it and go with it another person that can fit into that baby face role maybe not cody rhodes dave i'm on the madcap moss train bro you have convinced me i'm here you know my you know my (laughs) on sunday night i have one problem with madcap moss yes you got it's the same problem I have with Austin Theory, and it's you know there, there's this new generation of dudes just looks like this looks like computer generated pro wrestling video game characters. You know <laughs> they they gotta have a little something when you when you when you like the the suspenders were terrible, but the suspenders are better than the plain black tights. Right, right, because right. at least it's something you got to get something to. And listen, I'm not ta- saying make the guy a, a wrestling garbage man. I mean, you know, you don't have to go overboard, but you got to like. You know, when I saw him in when I saw him at WrestleMania in the hotel, I've told the story. When he walked by me and my wife, we were like, "Who the hell is that?" Because he's so physically impressive that you're yeah. just like, "That guy is a superstar." But also, like, he didn't like I knew who Madcap Moss was very well, and I didn't immediately recognize him. Right? right. He just kind of he's got he's a big muscly guy with long hair. He could be like anybody from any territory in 1989. You know, like, like it's he just needs a little bit more of a look, even though he's got a great look. By any definition, but yeah, him and Theory are in that same boat of figuring it out right now, right? Like, yeah, and Theory and Theory's doing great. They're both doing really well. Yes, definitely. But yeah, you 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 make a point about that 
create a wrestler. T- like, let's remember, like, John Cena used to come out in very similar theory-like tights before he yep. found the Doctor of Thugonomics, you know, Triple H. And I'm not suggesting that anybody become the new Doctor of Thugonomics, but it's, but it, it really, you do need, you need something, right? You need something. And I, and I, I think they're both sort of looking for it. Theories, like theories do theories getting it right. The selfie thing is a thing. You know, it is, like and, and his there. and his facials, everything that he does is really good. Yeah. But it's like I can't help but watch him and be just like, I mean, I know this is dumb, but it's like it would be, he would be better with a mohawk. You know, he would be better <laughs> with just something that made him seem like a pro wrestler, like like different than like everybody that's come before him. Right. You know, a thing right. where you like you see where you can identify him across the hotel lobby and just be like, that's a freaking star right there. You know, not like, wow, that dude who works here is in really good shape. You know, I mean, it's you, you got to you, you got to dye the hair, man. He's got to go blonde. He's got to go platinum blonde, bro. That's the key. Yeah, man. I like I, I thought <laughs> Cody Rhodes bleaching his hair was silly, too, but, but it made him a superstar. It that's, made him a that's star. What does it? Yeah. <laughs> it's something like Sasha Banks. When you see Sa- when you see Mercedes Vernado walking around, she seems very ordinary. As soon as she throws on that blue wig, it's like, holy shit, that's Sasha Banks. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it's little things like that. And, I, you know, that's why people get paid the big bucks to figure these things out, man. And I think Moss and Theory and Montez have shown that like they already have the entering ability and the charisma to get it there. What takes you to that next level of you're going to carry this company for the next seven, eight years is that thing. And I think of, of the three, probably Montez is probably closest as far as like having that thing of having that established, like, okay, this is who I am, a sort of character. But theory's right behind them. And, you know, he's, I mean, gosh, how many people could say they've worked Stone Cold Steve Austin and, and John Cena in a year he's gonna I be know. able to say that <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean so you know by hook or by crook he's gonna be a big time star it's just figuring out what exactly is the thing that makes him you know a guy that you can you know when he goes on the tonight show with uh, uh jimmy fallon you're like oh yeah that's the guy you know what i'm saying so We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Maybe he needs to grow the when, hair. Maybe he needs a ponytail or some shit. When Roman Reigns sits down on a late night show, there's no question that you're talking to a professional wrestler. Yes. 1,000%. Drew McIntyre, same thing. When he sits yeah. down, it's like, oh, yeah, that guy kicks ass for a living. You know what I mean? That's that's what you need. Like, if, if you're going on a... When you're amongst civilians, you have to look like somebody who kicks ass for a living. <laughs> and they're getting... And, yeah. Well... They'll figure it out with those guys because I'm 100% behind them too. I totally agree. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, it's it's nice to see them sort of identifying those guys. That's also why I'm 100% uh, like so eager about Montez right now because it's like he needs to be in this class. Yeah. I was you about know, to say, like, is he, is he part of those? Like, if, if WWE had four pillars, would he be like, who would be like the fourth pillar outside of like theory? Well, LeBron, Riddle, I guess? Riddle is Riddle? apparently less in the doghouse than I thought he was a couple days ago. But he, he's got his—he's got looks like he's got his Roman Reigns match coming up. But he's—but Riddle's definitely in that conversation. Um, who else would you put in there? Man, I would be okay. All right, let's think about it. So, who are the are we, are we, are we doing? Who are the four pillars? Is that officially the conversation? I guess. I guess. Yeah, we know. It's we know AEW's four pillars, right? Are we do main roster only? We're not doing main Ron roster Breaker. only. Main roster only. We can't talk NXT because NXT is very, you know, you never know. But WWE easily theory Tez Moss is there now. I think. And man, who would be that for? Would you would you fancy a Omos? Are we talking about? There? Are we talking about who? Well, okay, yeah, but he doesn't. But I'm gonna just define it in a way that it's not him. I'm defining um, it in a way of like young people, people in like the either super early 30s or mid 20s or 20s. That who, you know, and does WWE have to clearly like them? Like, are we, <laughs> yes, or are we just being hopeful here? <laughs> yes, nah, not being hopeful. I'm saying like, okay. When they when they go down the roster, like after you get past like Drew McIntyre and like Cody Rhodes, who are those next guys that they're like okay and on the babyface list or the heel list, these guys pop up. I mean Priest maybe. Like I don't Priest, like, is, there? Priest is there. People try is to he, ape the ages is, is, with he, is Ezekiel youngest enough? Oh yeah, Priest is older. Is Ezekiel young enough? To me, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, 
Who's going to be just like like busting their ass night in and night out for this company for the next like 15, 20 years? Does Ricochet count? I mean, Ricochet's I thought about Ricochet. He's yeah, he's younger and he's you know he's, he's maybe not as old as his as his resume would lead you to believe. Right. He he's no, my lowest fault. lowest the keys. It might be Gunther, yo. Oh yeah, it might be Gunther. Like I think I think he's love Ricochet. Love that guy to death. Pretty sure he's becoming an Intercontinental Champion on Friday, and he's got an entrance that likes has an he has an incredible presence as an entrance. He's got that, you know, we had we had Sarath on here the other day talking about, like, he was very inspired by M. Bison when it came to, like, creating his character. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, I could see that. And he's younger than you would think. And he's gotten into tremendous shape. And, you know, you know Vince, like, oh, god damn, he's dedicated. You know, when you lose that weight and, like, really, like, turn into a, a, a star like that. Like, I wouldn't, I would slide, I would slide Gunther into that fourth role, man. Like, he's going to be a dude that's going to be a, a, a Rusev type monster heel for a long time, you know? And then, you know, you slide in Madcap, who's gonna be, who's hella over, who's got some babyface potential. I thought you said Matt Camp. I was, I was like, yeah, Matt Camp could be one of the pillars. Matt Camp could be one of the pillars. He's on the superstars page at WWE.com. I'm not even joking. Oh, no, he is, he is our, he is our generation's Todd Pettengill. Big, big ups to Matt Camp, yo, that's my guy. <laughs> But Madcap Moss, Theory, Montez, Gunther. And Rick Boogs. And Boogs. Nah. Those four guys are the guys I'd be like, okay, I'll invest four years into these guys. I mean, Ricochet might be the right person just based on the criteria. You know, I think you could look in a, in a bunch of different directions if you want to make the case. I just think for me, it's like this fourth spot is sort of like Braun Breaker slash Carmelo Hayes. And we'll see. You know, Ooh, I mean, that's Carmelo Hayes. Yeah, it's another one. That's another one you look at and you're like, yep, that dude's going to make a shit ton of money on the Raw <laughs> SmackDown. Yeah, it really is. But but Gunther, and I just put, yeah, I put Gunther in his own category. You know, I, I think that he's, he's, he's like already an established ready. superstar in my mind. So, yeah. you know. All right. Well, what else do we got to talk about? We got to get out of here pretty soon. I got to uh, go tour the studios of Spotify. You got to send me that picture of the Mass Man studio, uh, uh, conference room. I need that. I'll tweet it out. It won't make any sense, but I'll tweet it out. I'll take it. Well, was there anything else shocking that happened on Raw? It was just those two things. It was just Cody and 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 uh, Judgment Day, right? Yeah, we, we got Rhea Ripley versus Bianca at Money in the Bank for the Raw Women's title. That's surprising for me because my biggest question about Rhea Ripley joining Judgment Day was like, does she still get to wrestle like a regular wrestler? Or is she just part of a faction now? Because it's mm. kind of, is it just going to be weird trios, intergender matches and stuff? Like, but uh, they've done great by her. They've done yeah. really great by her. And I'm excited to see, this is what I always say, wrestling's at its most exciting when everything matters to everything else, right? That's what was cool about the Attitude Era. It was like someone would go out and cut a promo on somebody and it would be setting up a, their match at Survivor Series and then, like, they'd walk backstage and, like, get into a fight with somebody else, you know? I mean, like, it's just, like that stuff makes it more interesting to feel like you're in an actual interchange, like, inter a universe where things interact with each other. Yes, yes, interactivity. So, yeah, I hope they get Finn the money in the bank. I hope they give Finn opportunities that to have, like, singles feuds that don't just involve being pissed off, someone being pissed off at Judgment Day, right? right. Like, just not just him versus Edge for the next four years. But I will like to see him and Edge wrestle because it's a really good match. All right. CM Punk's hurt. Cody Rhodes is hurt. There might be a lot of other people that are hurt, for all we know. WWE's got to figure it out. AEW's sort of figuring it out on the fly. But I'm excited to see where we go. I am too, man. If the if WWE's answer, I mean WWE's answer is clearly like they're they're doing some stuff. It can't just be Edge, right? Because Edge Edge oh, was yeah. hurt. Edge was hurt 15 minutes ago. You can't you can't right. put all your eggs in any basket. You gotta. This is the opportunity. This is the wake up call. Yeah. For them well, to say Riddle Riddle might be there, man. Riddle's probably gonna step up to to Roman on Friday. But the answer is never one guy. The answer nah. at any given time for a company the size of WWE, you need to have five. Six, if we're talking about men and women together, you need to have six wrestlers who can go on the Tonight Show at any given time, mm, right? Mm -hmm. You need you need five or six people of the highest level of pro wrestling fame, and they don't have that now. And this is this should be the wake up call that's like we gotta we gotta be there have to be multiple projects going at the same time. You know, you got multiple. Roman, you, you got Cody, you got Becky Lynch. I think Drew's there. 
You got Drew. Well, Drew's Drew's Drew is functionally there. Drew needs to turn heel tomorrow. Like, let's just get that over with. <laughs> and then, but then, but you gotta, but like, Bel Air's got to be there by next. But it, like, there, there's nothing more important than getting Bianca there and then getting and getting Finn or whoever you pick there as quickly as possible. Like, they're like pick your three projects and make them happen now. You know. Yes. Yes. Couldn't agree more, Dave. Couldn't agree more. Speaking of projects we want to make happen, let's get this show published so people can listen to it. Kaz, get your plugs in. Say less with Kaz, Lowkey, and Rose at youtube.com slash Kazim. Please subscribe there. Dropping every single Monday. Uh, you catch me on MSG PM every Friday at uh, MSG Network. Check your local, local listings for that. And um, I think that's all for today, bro. Let's roll. You can hear me here. You can hear me uh, on, on the Press Box podcast with Brian Curtis. And... Perhaps most importantly, you can hear me on the Book of Wrestling. There's a new episode out today. I got two words for you. It's volume one of Suck It. Suck it. Suck it. I just wanted to say that over and over again. It's been a long time. Listen to it. I had a lot of fun making it, so it'll be awesome. Uh, Thank you for doing this. Thanks, as always, to uh, our babyface producer, John Kerma. Be sure to check out Mac Mania and Cheap Heat on Tuesdays as well. Apologies as always to future AEW champ John Moxley. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. Peace.